Nobody rats on Little Caesar. See? There it is. Experimental robot 23. He's really something, Professor. I want you to look everywhere for a girl named Janet Corning. Janet Corning. Five feet, five inches, uh, brown hair. Brown eyes and the cutest little dimples you ever saw. Brown eyes and the cutest little... I mean, she has prominent dimples. This is Wisecrack's Radio Hour. Join us as we follow quantum scientists Chuck and Wagner through their adventures as they try to get back home to the year 2017 and listen in as they riff on classic radio. Steve Dallas sounds so familiar. Maybe it's just one of those names. I wonder how long it'll take him to get here. No idea, man, but I'm thrilled with the idea of going home. Don't get me wrong, but there's something bothering me about all of this. I've got just this strange feeling. You too, huh? Yeah. The National Department of Quantum Accidents. I can't believe I've never heard of an organization like that. Well, like I said, I've heard of them, but usually in a joking manner. I never really thought it was a real thing. Then again, I used to think there was actual gold in Fort Knox. Our government took kind of sneaky. Yeah. Well, what do you want to do while we wait? There's a deck of cards in the drawer. Now, let's just get started on another episode. If you arrives before we get done, we can just pause it and start back. Unless, of course, we head home right away. Okay, that sounds good. Here's the next tape in line. A program called Lost Horizon. All right, I'll cue it up. Buck presents Hollywood. All right, here come the politics. Hey, a little space here. Time is money. Far out on the Pacific, Far out, man. steamship moves slowly through the midnight fog. Shrouded in mist, her huge hulk Hulk smash! Over a glassy sea. Ooh, that's pretty. In the lounge, almost deserted and heavy with shadows, a man is seated at the piano. His face is thin and pale. The rest of him is fat and sweaty. He plays very softly, absently, his eyes fixed far ahead, as if seeing into the future or trying to remember the past. Did I leave the iron on? Long day ahead of us tomorrow. Don't you think you'd better turn in, old man? Turn into what? It's rather late. Conway, don't you hear me? Conway. Hello, darling. Please don't stop playing, please. That last selection was quite beautiful. May I inquire the name of it? I call this one Carl. What was it, Conway? The name of that selection? I don't know. It's something I... Oh, something... Carl. I told you. There. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, I beg your pardon. 
My name is Rudolf Siefkin. Sausage King of Tripoli. Siefkin, the pianist. You know me? I've heard you play many times. My name is Rutherford. This gentleman is Mr. Conway. How do you do? I practice daily. That's how I do. Oh, no, don't stop. Go on, please. Thank you. Yes, superb, but I can't quite wait. Oh, yes. I remember now it's by Chopin. Chopin? I'll do my Chopin no, no, no. online. Chopin. Very much in his style, but definitely not Chopin. I know it's by Chopin. Put him really? up. But Put I him flatter up. myself that I know everything of Chopin's. Everything that was ever published. Oh, this wasn't published. It was so public domain. How do you happen to know it? It was taught to me a few months ago by one of Chopin's pupils. <laughs> Carl. Mr. Conway chooses to have a joke with me. <laughs> not only a pupil, but a friend. Mr. Conway, may I remind you of one thing? This friend of Chopin's. Do you realize that to be alive today, he would have to be somewhere in the neighborhood of, say, 130 years of age? Yes, he was with Chopin the night he died, in 1849. Carl is 130? I, I believe I'll take a walk around the deck. Good night. Perhaps Mr. Conway resented my intrusion. You'll have to forgive my friend, sir. He's been quite ill. It's, it's time, time to, to get, get Ill. Ill! Yes, I'm taking him home to England. You see... He's had a very severe case of amnesia. Oh, Doesn't I'm even sorry. remember it. I'd better go along with him. Uh, excuse me, please. Is that Foghorn Leghorn? I'll see. I'll no, see. I think that's tacos. Conway! Conway, is that you? <laughs> well, I'm afraid you've insulted the eminent Mr. Seafking. He was quite peeved. I suppose it sounded very absurd. Well, a man 130 years old. It was rather hard to believe. Yes, the more so because it's true. You don't believe me either, hmm? I'm a writer, Conway. I'm capable of believing almost anything. That's why I work for CNN. How did you happen to find me? Quite oh, revolting. Purely by accident. I was traveling from Hankow to Chungking by train. Ooh, sounds delicious. the acquaintance of a very charming lady. Mother Superior of some French Sisters of Charity. Mother Superior? She told me of a case they had in the hospital. She jumped the gun. She did. A fever patient who'd been brought in some weeks ago. She said he seemed to be English, but spoke excellent Chinese. Naturally, I was interested. When I went to the hospital with her, I recognized you at once. And I didn't recognize you? Hmm? The doctor said you'd been under considerable strain. Yes, but I do recognize you now. You're Carl! You your memory is coming back. For the past two days, I've been remembering. Yes, Little thing. no. Tonight it yes, all no. came back to me. That is, all except a few days when... Uh, Rutherford, when you went to the hospital... Did they mention how I had come there? Yes. You were picked up on the road about 60 miles from Chungking. Totally um, wasted. No. There was someone with you. A woman. A Chinese Whoa, woman. man. And what happened to her? Why, they brought her in too, of course. But she was pretty far gone. She died that night. Died? Yes, died to Conway. death. I'm glad your memory has returned. But I'm sorry if already you wish it hadn't. I don't know what I wish. I only know that... I wish Brother, I had a million bucks. You said you were capable of believing almost anything. Could you believe the impossible? Do you believe it? It happened to me. Go on. Just, just a small town girl. I don't know just where to begin. How long is it since I've seen you? Mm, about 1921. As I remember it, you were at Oxford. Yes, that's right. I'd gone back there after the war. I was making a study of Oriental languages. Well... Soon after that, I went into the consular service. So I, I took a correspondence course. You were sent to India, weren't you? Yes, to Bascool. I was mm. the consul there up until last May. 
Then there was a revolt of sorts in Basel. How revolting! We thought it safer to evacuate the civilians to Peshawar on the northwest frontier. We had some planes for the purpose. Can you say Peshawar on the radio? Four passengers and a pilot. I also With had two turntables and a microphone. Where it's at? A missionary woman, Miss Brinklow, and Henry Barnard, an American businessman. We took off from Baskool at about three in the afternoon and should have landed in Peshawar at about five thirty. We never arrived at our destination. And that's how I spent my summer vacation. Thanks, Billy. Sarah, you're up. Conway, I say Conway, you asleep? Oh, um, not anymore. I'm not sure, but didn't you tell me that Fenner was piloting us? Yes, didn't he? No, the chap turned his head just now, and I swear it wasn't Fenner. Well, they must have changed their minds and given it to someone else. Yes, but who is he? My dear boy, how should I know? It may be Carl. Arrive in Peshawar, you can ask him all about himself. At this rate, we won't get to Peshawar at all. The man's off his course, and we're an hour overdue at least. What? You've been asleep, it's after 6.30. And look down there, nothing but mountains, as far as you can see. Beautiful, ain't it? This part of the world at all. I'd say you were right, Mallinson. The man's lost his way. What's that, Conway? You say we were lost? Lost? Uh, no, I said you're lost. I know exactly where I am. I'm not so sure. Flying over the mountains of India with night coming on isn't exactly my idea of a pleasant time. Where would you say we were? I don't know. Narnia. Well, we might ask the pilot, you know. But if we're lost, he won't know either, will he? Oh, I'm not yet certain that we are lost. Still, there's nothing like finding out, is there? All right. Discovering. Discovering's a lot like finding out. You there, pilot, open the panel. Open up, will you? I want to speak to you. I advise you ask no questions, please. Uh, what was the middle part? Certainly. Look here, we want to know where we are. I advise that you be seated. I will not be seated. I want to know... Mallinson, I don't know whether you've noticed it, but there's the barrel of a revolver pointing directly at my chest. Uh, what about the rest of the revolver? (laughs) I think you'd better do as the gentleman suggests. Thank you. It would be pity if I had to resort to force. I don't suppose you'd care to answer, but might I ask just where we're going? You will know that... Tomorrow, when we arrive. That's a horrible impression of broken English. (laughs) Good an explanation as any. He wouldn't have dared to shoot. It was probably just bluff. Right, but I'd rather leave it to you to make sure. Well, I I do feel that we ought to put up some sort of a fight. We can't just give in like this. Putting up a fight without a decent chance of winning is a poor game. I'm not that sort of a hero. Well, what sort of a hero are you? You You may as well give in pleasantly and admit it. Easy, Tiger. Since we're going to be flying all night, and since there seems to be nothing we can do at the moment, I suggest we try and get some sleep. Yeah, all this kidnapping's got me kind of tired. For hours, we sat in the darkness of the plane, each of us pretending to sleep. From all I could make out, we were flying north of the range out. of mountains, the Karakorams. In the moonlight, I fancied I could pick out the crest of K2, the second highest mountain in the world. Beyond, Le Tibet. Where's Le Tibet? Then I must have fallen asleep. For how long, I don't know. I thought he said he was late to bed. The plane lurched sharply. There was a loud rushing sound in my ears, and I realized that we were coming down. But fast, much too fast. Well, there's your problem. Plane crash. We stumbled from the plane, the four of us, badly shaken but uninjured. We found ourselves on a snow-covered plateau surrounded by towering cliffs, and I knew we must be somewhere in Tibet. Or maybe Vale. An unexplored region, a land of frozen wastes and bitter cold. No, that's Chicago, man. <laughs> then a strange thing happened. The wind died suddenly, and the moon swung over the edge of a precipice. Well, we're all going to have to eat somebody. Any volunteers? Soaring into the heavens appeared the loveliest mountain on earth. 
It was an almost perfect cone of snow. Oh, so snow cones! So serenely poised that I wondered for a moment if it were real at all. Conway, come here. Hello, come here, darling. Pilot fellow. I think he's ill or something. I can't get a word out of him. The pilot. Well, now we are in a fix. Loosen his well, we weren't before. <laughs> huh? Still breathing, anyhow. Got a match, Barnard? Why, did you rip one? Here we are. I'll keep lighting them. His pulse is pretty weak. I can hardly feel it. What do you suppose happened to him? Oh, Plane crash? <laughs> brought under the altitude. There's not very much we can do for him out here. Barnard, Barnard, another match. <laughs> Marinson, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? Look at us, a lot of fools striking matches over a corpse. <laughs> well, how else are we going to get him lit? I'm starving. <laughs> there was little we could do for the man. We watched his breathing grow more and more labored. Eventually, he opened his eyes and began to speak and oh, a kind of Chinese that oh, I didn't understand very well. Chinese Before arithmetic? End, he half lifted himself and looked toward that shiny precipice towering above us. With a great effort, he raised his hand and pointed. Three Dog Night? No, man, that's Shambhala. Oh, this the one's the kinks. The sun caught the summit of the mountain. The man died. Because he was a vampire. <laughs> but what did he say? He must have told you something. Very little, I'm afraid. Merely that we are in Tibet, which is obvious. But he did say something about a lamasery near here, along the valley. Shangri-La, he called it. He was most emphatic that we should go there. There doesn't seem to be any reason at all why we should. What if it's a trap? Have we got any guarantee that we won't be murdered? To death? None at all. Conway. Well, Hello, darling. Nice to see you. Am I seeing things? Or are those men coming towards us? They are not men. They, they are, are Devo. When a problem comes along, you must whip it. A party of a dozen or more, crawling like ants across the white face of the mountain. As they drew near, we saw they carried among them a hooded chair, and in it a robed figure. What's a figure? Elderly, Chinese, gray hair, clean shaven. Slowly they came toward us. The Chinese gave an order. A uh, little compound chicken and a side of rice. <laughs> I am from the Lamasery of Shangri-La. My name is Chang. P.F. Chang. You, sir, would you be good enough to present me to your friend? Of course. This is Miss Brinklow, Mr. Barnett, and Mr. Mallinson. My name is Conway. Hello, darling. Nice, nice to, to see you from the mountain that again. You have had a severe accident. Your ship is beyond repair? Yes, I'm afraid so. And anyway, our pilot is dead. So? As a matter of fact, we were just setting out to find your lamasery. If you could give us directions for so. the journey. There is no need for that. I shall be delighted to act as your guide. Oh, I love acting. Come from there. And if it isn't very far, we could... It is not it. far, but it is not easy either. I shall esteem it an honor to accompany you and your friend. Uh, really? For a small fee, of course. Thank you. Our stay won't be long, and we'll pay for anything we have. And we'd like to hire some of your porters to help us on the journey back. We want to return to civilization as soon as possible. Are you so certain you are away from it? Fanhoi, Shangri-La. With that roll, please. You are contemplating the mountain, Mr. Conway. No, yes. I'm trying to remember the yes, second verse of Dancing Queen. It has a name, I suppose. It is called... Caracal. Ah, I don't think I ever heard of it. Is it very high? Over 28,000 feet. Do we have to climb it to get your lamasery? There is a pass at oh. 20,000. Well, that's different. Not some of Devo's best work. I wonder if they can play Carl. <laughs> I, I, I want the knife. Can't be much further than this, can it? We've been climbing for hours. Well, it's quite... Quite certain we can never have found the way ourselves. Well, would we have been missing much? What's 
sort of a hell's kitchen are we making for? Gordon Ramsay. What's our plan of action when we get there? What do we do? There are times in life when the most comfortable thing is to do nothing at all. Things happen to you, and so you just let them happen. That's, that's a bit too philosophic for me. I'm suspicious about all this. They're, they're getting us into a corner. Have you anything Melton else? Melton has corners? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a box. I'm sorry. I, and shut your pie hole. What's the matter with me? The whole world seems to have gone completely mad. We seem to be at the top. We shall rest here a moment before we descend into the valley. Are we almost there? I can't go much further. I'm in hills. The journey are quite over. If you will look below toward the head of the valley, you can see the lamasery of Shangri-La. I hear it's a total hipster hang. Dirty hipsters. Shangri-La. It was a strange and incredible sight. A group of colored pavilions clinging to the mountainside, like flower petals impaled upon a crag. It was superb and exquisite. Well, which was it? Added upward from the milk blue roofs to the gray rock. Blue milk. Must be in Tatooine. Beyond that, in a dazzling pyramid, sawed Caracal. It was the most beautiful and the most terrifying mountainscape in the world. I don't remember how we arrived at the Lamasery. I was wasted. Thin air had a dreamlike texture, and with every breath, I took in a deep anesthetizing tranquility. But I do remember a strange sensation, half mystical, half visual. Of having reached at last some place that was an end. A finality. And scene. The end. Cut. Nice. Good job. Oh, wait. It's not over. Darn it. Is that Taco Bell again? The rail of the ocean liner, Conway continues his story. A strange tale of a journey to a strange place. Journey. The I got all her albums. Of Hipster Central. Craft <sighs> beer. <laughs> From the stormy cliffs of Caracal to the serene peace and quiet of Shangri-La, it was like a descent into another world. How long we would have to stay, we didn't know. But I can't pretend that I was worried or even annoyed. For here in this lovely place, I enjoyed a strange sensation. A pleasant mingling of physical ease and mental alertness. I was so wasted. Of all sensations, the most truly civilized. At dinner, our first night there, I noticed that the food was cooked and served in Chinese fashion. A little cardboard boxes? You will excuse me if I do not have my dinner with you. My diet is very restricted. I'm obliged Gluten to Gluten leaves me Putin. Of course, no, no. of course. If there is anything you wish, please do not hesitate to ask. Oh, can I'm I get sure some duck sauce? You seem to be a fortunate community here. And very hospitable to strangers. I don't imagine, though, that you receive them often. Seldom, indeed. It is not a traveled part of the world. Yes, to put it mildly. As we came up, I thought it the most isolated spot I had ever set eyes on. And yet... You've got Skittles. Yes. And yet you run this place as though it were a first-rate European hotel. Isn't that what you mean, Conway? Or an American hotel, for that matter. You even have bathtubs. Yes. Yeah, make the Americans sound redneck. Less, uh, barbarian than you expected. Will you tell us about the monastery, please? It will give me the greatest pleasure, madam. So far as I'm able. Uh, what exactly do you wish to know? First of all, how many other of you here, and uh, what nationality do you belong to? That's racist. In full Lamahood number 50. As for our racial origins, there are representatives of a great many nations, though it is perhaps natural that Tibetans and Chinese make up the majority. I see. It's really a native monastery, then. Is your head lama a Tibetan? I knew it. No. Carl can't is a llama. No, madam. Well, uh, I'm sure you can't be English. Oh, uh, do you have any English here? Uh, no, uh, we have orange pico. He's very remarkable. And now, 
Tell me what you all believe in. Oh, that's right. I believe in anything called love. Just, Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. But I'm broad-minded enough to admit that other people, <laughs> foreigners, I mean, are quite often sincere in their views. If I, I saw foreigner once with journey. Very few words, I should say that our prevalent belief is in moderation. We believe in the virtue of avoiding excess of all kinds. In the valley below, there are several thousand inhabitants living under the control of our order. We rule with moderate strictness, and in return, we are satisfied with moderate obedience. And I think I can claim that our people are moderately sober, moderately faithful, and uh, moderately honest. Well, ah, so well, he's a moderate. people who arrived with you this morning? Yes. Well, they all seem to be excellent guides. Why can't they take us back tomorrow? We'll make it worth their while, of course. I am sorry, but that is beyond my province. I cannot help you, sir. You mean you won't? Malin. If you refuse to help us, we'll help ourselves. You, you have maps, I suppose? Yes, we have many. Well, then we'll borrow some of them if you don't mind. But GPS is more reliable. How far away is the nearest telegraph line? I do not know. Well, where do you send to when you want anything? Anything civilized, I mean. When you had all these, these modern bars installed. How did they get here? Aliens, I bet. No doubt. Oh, yeah. you, won't, you won't tell me, then. It's part of the mystery, like everything else, I suppose. Conway, I must say, I think you're devilish slack. Why don't you get at the truth? I, I'm you can't, can't handle, handle the, the truth. truth. Tomorrow, mind you, we, we must get away tomorrow. It's central. Madison. Oh, not the good China. We can't have anything nice. Are you, are you all right, Madison? Uh, I feel... I don't know. Tomorrow he will be much better. The air here is difficult for the stranger at first, but one soon becomes acclimatized. Yes, I expect we're all feeling it somewhat. Barnard, look after Madison, will you? And I'm sure you're in need of some rest, too, Miss Brinklow. Yes, yes, I am. Good night. Oh, good night, madam. I said oh, good night. Madam, just leave your weight on me. That's the boy. Shall I call for someone to help you? We'll manage. Are you retiring also, Mr. No, Conway? no, I'm still a young I'd like man. i with you first, if I may. Yes? I want to know, this morning when you found us, were you setting out on a journey? Oh, I did mention I no. saw a journey with Foreigner, right? not a chance meeting. You came there deliberately to intercept us. That suggests that you must have known of our arrival beforehand. The interesting question is, how? Facebook you are event. very clever, but not entirely correct. Therefore, I should counsel you not to worry your friends with these uh, abstract discussions. Oh, they want something more concrete. They want to know exactly how long you're going to keep us here. There will be certain unavoidable delays. How long? How long has this been How long, please? Uh, you may tell your friends... A few months. But you don't guarantee it. Is that what you mean? Very well. For myself, I can't say I shall mind a great deal. It's a new and interesting experience. In time to come, you may find it even more interesting. Good night. Good night, John boy. Night, Carl. In the days that followed the Shangri-La, I gave myself over to a rich and growing enchantment. Yanni was there. In the petal-colored buildings which dotted the mountain, I recognized treasures of art that museums and millionaires alike would have bargained for. Paintings and sketches, exquisite ceramics, and tinted ink drawings preserved for more than a thousand years. And then I discovered the library, lofty and spacious, with a quiet atmosphere more of wisdom than of learning. Here was housed all the great literature of the present and of centuries past. Stephen King, all the Al Jaffe. Of knowledge of the world. Al Jaffe. <laughs> J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Rolling, I stood beside a lotus pool in an open pavilion of the Lamasery. Presently, I became conscious of the music that seemed to come from an archway behind me. It was a harpsichord. Oh, yes, the Yes I album. It begun so softly that I wasn't even aware of listening. A girl was playing, a girl in Chinese dress. 
She had the high cheekbones and the eggshell pallor of the Manchu. Oh, Gesundheit. Jet black hair was drawn tightly back and braided. Her mouth was small and pink. She was like a delicately painted miniature. Miniature what? Horse? Miniature? That was very lovely. You are pleased, sir? More than pleased. Chang oh, said it you. would be so. Oh, did Chang send you here? To play for you. Oh, that is very nice of him. My name is Hugh Conway. They call me Lotsen. Lotsen. I use Lotsen when my hands get dry. Below in the valley? No. No. I live here. In the valley? In the hallway? <laughs> yes. But as yet, I have not attained the full Lama hood. You mean you are a Lama? Yes. Bahama Lama. I'm a bit confused. I didn't realize. I thought that only men could be Lamas. They will tell you when you have been here longer that in the Lama hood there are no distinctions between a man and a woman. Ooh, you, sounds like America in 2017. <laughs> Play for you again. Oh, What's the difference between a llama and an alpaca? Okay, I call this one muskrat love. Chang, you are pleased with Lotsen? She plays magnificently. One of our greatest students of music. She has studied for a great many years. She looks she thirteen. She's only Chang. How old is Lotsen? I am afraid I cannot tell you. She'd kill me. Hang on a second, Wagner. Pause the tape right there. What's up? I just glanced at my phone to make sure Dallas hadn't called, and the phone is dead. Oh, man. It's going to take hours to charge, too. Well, go ahead and plug it in. Hope we got our coordinates before the phone died. Well, I would plug it in, but the charging cable's back at the apartment. Okay, so you grab it, and I'll stay here and wait for Steve. Unfortunately, as you remember, it's locked in our safe, so we'll both need our thumbprints in order to get it out. Oh, yeah, that's right. I am glad we locked all of our future stuff up in that extra secure safe I built. But just this once, I wish I hadn't been so safety conscious. Now, man, it's good that you're so safety conscious. This is just a minor problem. So let's do this. Look, we'll run grab the cable and we'll just come right back to the studio here. It shouldn't take more than like 20 minutes. Right. If Steve Dallas arrives before we get back, I'm sure he won't mind waiting. We'll explain it and he'll be fine. Let's go. Dr. Lindsay? Dr. Rourke? Hmm. They must have figured me out. I knew I shouldn't have used the NDQA reference. They took off. Fort? It's Dallas. Yeah, I found them, but they got away. I don't know. I think I messed up with my story and they got wise to it. They just flew. Right in the middle of a job, apparently. There's half a tape in this machine. There's scientists. They never leave anything undone. They won't be back here. Yeah, I had a tracer on the iPhone, but they switched it off when they figured me out. Probably busted it up, too. Luckily, I'd already recorded the coordinates. But now it'll be trickier to track them. Tim 4 I'll head upstairs and see if I can dig up their address or any other information. I'll check in with you tonight. You guys may have won the battle, but I will still win the war. Steve Dallas never misses. Well, that didn't take long at all. Fifteen minutes. Must be some kind of record. You think we should have told Brumbles we were leaving? 
Nah, he never knew we were gone. I mean, we left and returned through the basement door, and nobody ever goes around there. Okay, let me plug the phone in. Hey, you smell that? Yeah, it smells like me in high school. That's Polo by Ralph Lauren. I'd recognize that scent anywhere, man. I bought that stuff by the gallon in the 80s. Yeah, man, me too. Do they still make that? I have no idea, but one thing I do know for sure is that they didn't make it in 1957. If I remember correctly, it wasn't introduced until like the late 70s. Yeah, that sounds right. And since you and I left home without any cologne, that means someone else from the future has been here. Steve Dallas. Well, I wonder why he didn't hang around. Not sure, but I have a good idea. Maybe he went upstairs to look for us. And if that's the case, Brumbles will bring him back down. I don't want to leave again in case he comes back. If he doesn't, well, there might be something weird going on. Yep. Okay, well, let's wrap up this tape. And if he's not back by the time we're done, we'll try to figure out what happened. Whole weeks, not a word yet about when we're to leave. Has Chang spoken to you, Conway? Hello, darling. Nice Chang to been see you. It's been a long time. You're just as lovely. The, well, the prospect of being marooned here doesn't seem to worry you a great deal, Barnard. Well, frankly, it doesn't. The outside world has certain attractions, of course. Like Nickelback. Some definite disadvantages. Well, I'm surprised uh, again, like Nickelback. Conway, I might have expected. You, you seem positively intrigued by the place, Conway. Or are you intrigued mainly by the little Chinese girl? No. I've always been a lover of music. I enjoy her company. Hardly an excuse, is it? Oh, I don't know. You don't care for music, do you? No. no but I do like yeah, Nickelback. You, you would. You seem to enjoy her company, too. <laughs> don't you think that's rather clever? <laughs> no. no, I merely think she's rather beautiful. And I know that you're only 24. Well, you're not very old yourself, you know. True. True. Speaking of age, I've been sort of puzzled about this fellow Chang. How old would you say he was, Conway? Chang? Well, that's rather difficult. At a rough guess, I'd say, oh, anywhere from 49 to 149. <laughs> <laughs> I see what he did there. That's a pretty good guess. Conway? Are you awake? Conway? Hello, I darling. I've got to see you. Come in. Listen, I just found out why our friend Barnard is so willing to stay on here. He dropped his pocketbook tonight. A lot of newspaper clippings fell out. Well, Bernard carries a pocketbook? America for embezzlement and fraud. Yeah, his real name is Bernie Madoff. When Mallinson had gone, I walked out on the terrace and stood looking across the valley of the Blue Moon. Blue Moon. I became aware of a figure standing in the bright figure. square of the pavilion. Good evening, sir. Oh, is that you, Chang? I'm no, I'm Clang, his brother. But I bring you important news. Well... I congratulate you, sir. You've won a subscription to Life to Magazine. I am in some measure responsible for the High Lama's decision. Decision? High Lama? High Lama? extraordinary and unprecedented. A fortnight ago, you had not arrived. Tonight, you are to be received by him. You will follow me, please? If I could walk that way, I wouldn't need a doctor or a Lama. As I followed Chang through the Lama City that night, I knew I was on the threshold of some great discovery. Pattering in front of me, he mounted a great spiral staircase to a door which opened noiselessly before us. Inside, the atmosphere was dry and tingling warm. Like a sauna. The airlessness increased as we passed through the dim halls. And Those dim halls. The High Lama will see you alone. Chang left me silently. And I stood breathing an atmosphere that was sultry and full of dust. Like a sweat lodge. As I became accustomed to the gloom, I saw sitting before me a small and wrinkled man. 
He was motionless. A fading antique portrait in Chinese dress, his face thin and drawn tight over the frame of his skull. And his eyes... I felt dizzy beneath the gaze of those ancient eyes. You are Mr. Conway? Hello, Lama. I am. It is a pleasure to see you, Mr. Conway. Please sit down beside me and have no fear. I am an old man and can do no one any harm. Unless you're allergic to polo by Ralph Lauren. Thank you. I trust you have been comfortable at Shangri-La since your arrival. Extremely so. These cotton sheets are amazing. Chang tells me you have been asking many questions about our community and its affairs. Uh, yes. Do you have a pool? I'm very much interested in them. Then if you can spare me a little time... I've already been to the sauna. I shall be pleased to give you a brief account of our foundation. There's nothing... The history of Shangri-La begins rightly in the city of Pekin in the year 1719. For it was then that four friars set out on a long and perilous journey into the hinterland. Walking in a wonder hinterland. For many months by Lancho and Nokonor, facing many hardships. Three died on the way. Ooh. And the fourth was not far from death when by accident he stumbled into the rocky defile that remains today the only practical approach to our valley of the blue moon. You saw me standing around. Something like that. He found a friendly population who made haste to display what I have always regarded as our oldest tradition. Checkers. Hospitality to strangers. No. Quickly he recovered his health and began to preach his mission. His name was Father Pero. <gasps> also he known as Carl. Birth, a Luxembourger. Oh, with fries, please. He was something of a scholar. No but he was pickle. also physically sturdy. For more than half a century, he labored with his hands like any other man, tilling his own garden and learning from the inhabitants as well as teaching them. Then in the year 1789, news descended to the valley that Father Pero was dying at last. <laughs> Finally. He lay Old in the room <laughs> where he could see from the window the white blur that was all his failing eyesight gave him a caracal. He gathered his friends and servants round him and bade them all farewell. But the end was not yet. Ah, oh, darn it. He lay for many weeks without speech or movement. He was very tired. And then he began to recover. He was then a hundred and eight. <gasps> 108 what? Pounds? The ancient llama paused, his eyes closed as if the discourse had tired him. He began to snore what he softly. Had told me was not beyond belief, but as he went on, I was held speechless with wonder. Father Perrault's recovery, he told me, was not in any sense temporary. No, he plunged immediately into a rigorous self-discipline which would have killed another man of that age. It was in 1803 that a wanderer found his way to the Valley of the Blue Moon. Didn't we just hear this? I think so. A great friendship sprang up between the two, and Henschel stayed on. Stayed on what? It was then that they had a wild and fantastic dream. Uh Uh-oh. Last episode on Blue Moon. all time the transient and perishable beauties of the world. To store them at Shangri-La and keep them safe against the brutalities and ravages of war. A heritage to cherish and bequeath. Oh, bequeath. bequeath. <laughs> and then when the strong had devoured each other, 
The Christian ethic might at last be fulfilled, Petra. and the meek might inherit the earth. So, with the valley's gold, they purchased art treasures from Europe and Asia. They filled the library with the great literature of all the ages. And a Pac-Man machine then, to keep in the basement. Later on, it was decided to admit travelers. I prefer Galaga myself. But Me too. Strangers who had lost their way. Strangers what happened there? As they <laughs> <wished>. <laughs> His voice changed. But with one important proviso. And what was that? In the years that followed, strangers did come. More than one party of explorers lost fight for your right. bearing a cordial invitation. I love cordials. One that was rarely I like invitations. Meanwhile, under the watchful eyes of Father Pero and Carl, <laughs> the Lamasery had begun to acquire many of its present characteristics. It was almost completed when Henschel died. <gasps> he died? Yes. It was very sudden. He it was took killed like in the year years. 1910. 1910? Just but before it... his death, a Chinese artist had sketched him. There is his picture on the wall behind you. But this is the portrait of a young man. If he died in the year, you said... He did. And he came here in 1803? Yes. He... He was killed, you said? Yes. A traveler shot him. What was the cause of it? A bullet wound. <laughs> about some porters. Porters what? Henschel had just told him of the important proviso that governs our reception of guests. Perhaps you are wondering, my dear Conway, what that proviso may be. I think I can already guess. We are to stay here. All of our lives. These are the days of our lives. After this long and curious story of mine? It seems impossible, and yet, impossible as it may be, I know it's the truth. What is, my son? You are my father? That you are still alive, Father Beryl. Rutherford listens intently. Conway takes up the thread of his narrative. Dawn is breaking over the calm Pacific. When did Dawn get here? Where's Tony Orlando? To the tune of another world. The peaceful world of Shangri-La. I learned one of the secrets of Shangri-La that night. There's a, there's a secret door in the kitchen. For the High Lama who sat beside me. Leads to a wardrobe. Born in 1683. He had lived for nearly two and a half centuries. He confirmed my suspicion that our coming was no accident. There had been no travelers to Shangri-La for 20 years. Many Lamas had died. Oh, poor Lamas. And oh. our pilot had been sent out into the world to bring new life to the Lamasery. Is that where they make Lamas? Son, there is death at Shangri-La. Call someone snuck in a there Nickelback are many of us CD. Who live no more than a hundred years. And those who do live more, when do they begin to grow old in appearance? Cases differ. Some retain their youth for a century or more, but they must never leave the valley of the blue moon. You saw me and if one of your lamas were to leave the valley, he would die. His years would fall on his shoulders like a great burden, and he would die very soon. An old, old man. Oh, no. An old, old man. 
Lotsen. You have seen the High Lama? Yes, Lotsen. he asked me for more Doritos. You must help me. <laughs> when I spoke with him, I understood everything. I got and it. Now, <laughs> and now, you are not sure again. That will pass. Will it? You will be happy, as all of us have been. That sounds like a cult. How did you come here? How long ago? I was betrothed to a prince of Turkestan. Well, that's your problem. to Kashgar to meet him when my carriers lost their way in the mountains. <laughs> when did this happen? She had to be carried in there. In 1864, I was 18. 18? Well, then now you... The missionaries of Shangri-La found us. They brought us here. Yes, it, it, it must have been very difficult for you, your wedding journey. Don't I stop man I was believing! It was the of our land. Then, in all these years, you have never known the meaning of love? <laughs> Lord Sen, is there no love at Shangri-La? Ooh. Mm. At least not on the is road there. Is no there no room for love at Shangri-La, Lord Sen? Answer me, darn it! She did not answer. Mm. But I thought I saw a faint flush rising in her ivory cheek, and my heart seemed to leap inside me. And then I was aware that someone had entered the pavilion and was standing watching us. It was Malinson. In the next few weeks, I was summoned often by the High Lama. I learned to expect to bring call. bottomless chips <laughs> because he was high. <laughs> One night, I heard the valley people chanting far below. Pizza, pizza, pizza. I heard it since we arrived. It was midnight when I stood in the presence of the High Lama. Tell me, my son, have you been happy at Shangri-La? Quite happy, Father Perro. I just don't like what the way you, you say doing? it. Uh, Something very unusual. I have been learning new pieces by Chopin. Ah, then you have met Alphonse Briac. Oh, yes. He was a great friend of Chopin. He was with him the night he died in 1849. And so he told me. It was fascinating. My son, I know that you are content here. But I worry about your friends. I have no friends, will Father. Will they learn to be content also? I'm sure that two of them will. Miss Brinklow is going to convert you. To what? Or we her. Does it matter? What of Mr. Barnard? Oh, he found a project too. He wants to mine your gold. He'll so invest he it wisely for you. For you. He promises. To, to bring supplies from outside. And he wishes to help us. Lindy. And now... Melinson. Ah, he's going to be a problem. Yes. I'm afraid he's going to be your problem. Oh. Why mine? Because, my son... You're not my dad. I am going to die. You are going to... Finally. <laughs> yes. We are all mortal. Even here in the Valley of the Blue Moon. But I must feel at rest before I die. That is why I sent for you tonight. Did you bring you the chips? Honor, I have in mind to do much more than that. Uh-oh. I have waited for you, my son, for oh, a long time. My colleagues have grown old and wise. But you who are still young in years are as wise already. My son, there is a great storm gathering in the world. A black fury which will not... I played bass in a funk band called years. Black Fury. Oh, yeah. There will be no safety in arms. No answer in science. 
It may rage till every flower of culture is trampled. Global warming. And all human things are leveled in vast chaos. Such was my vision when Napoleon was still a name unknown. The ice cream? And I see it now. More clearly with each hour. Do you say I am mistaken? No. It'll be much Crash cooler if you did. Once before, and then there were the dark ages lasting 500 years. The dark ages that will come will cover the earth like a pall. But I believe that you will live through the storm. If you ride the storm Beyond out. That, Last song, people. My vision weakened. But I see at great distance a new world stirring in the ruins, seeking its lost and legendary treasures. And they will all be here, my son, hidden behind the mountains in the valley of the blue moon. And you will be here to give them to the hopeful world. My son, I place in your hands the heritage and destiny. Welcome to Scientology. Man, spit it out. <laughs> the High Lama stopped speaking. The glow in his eyes faded. Ooh, it's creepy. Presently it came to me as in a dream. The High Lama was dead. Oh, he's now the Low Lama. Goodbye, Lama. Six feet under Lama. Conway! Conway! I've been waiting for you. I've got some news. I, I say, what's the matter, Conway? Are you ill? Ill? No, I... I don't think so, just tired. Well, I have no license to I, I was visiting the High Lama. Oh, him. Well, that's for the last time, anyhow. Yes, the last yeah. time. Pull yourself together, man. The porters are waiting for us. Porters? Yes, yeah, Porter Wagner and Porter Mansfield. We can't. Oh, don't be a fool. They've even been paid. They're going to take us back to Bichois. The Sprinkler and Bichois. Bichois. Saying, so it's just you and I and... Oh. and who, who, who's been making all these plans? Oh, oh. Ten. She's with the porters now. She's waiting. Waiting? Yes, she's coming with us. That's impossible. Well, which is it? Is she Why waiting or is she coming with us? Take my word for it. must never leave here. Because you want to stay. Because you're in love with her. That's it, isn't it? That's uh, it. I won't. You're in love with her. So I am. That's why I tell you she must stay. You've no right to say that. Oh, Conway, listen. There isn't much time. You've got to come with us. You've I got want the to gas go back to get away from this place. And Lotsen, too. She's she's young. Doesn't that count? Lotsen is not young. Not young. She's <laughs> not young. Lotsen came to Shangri-La in 1864. You're a raving man. Oh, it's, it's a rave. Her beauty is a fragile thing. It can only live when <laughs> fragile things are loved. <laughs> Take her away from this valley and she will fade away like an egg. Conway, I'm not going to waste any more time. Are you coming with us or not? Mallinson, listen to me. Should I stay or should I go now? If I stay, there will be trouble. I tried to tell him about the secret of Shangri-La. He looked at me as though I were mad. And as I read the disbelief in his eyes, I began to doubt myself. When he left me, I wanted to cry out to him to wait that I had been mad. That the thing was too incredible even for me to believe. Don't go away, mad. Just Just go go away. away. I waited in torture all night. And then, toward dawn, Mallinson returned. I couldn't do it. I, I didn't have the nerve. Mallinson. Well, that place where we were roped together on the cliff, do you remember? I, I got as far as that and I couldn't manage it. I, I was afraid. I was Stop afraid. Conway, you you've got to go. Snap I out of it, man. I, I've depended on you. I've depended on your help in everything. You, you've got to help me to get out of this place. Tell you can check out any time you I'm want. In love with but you can never leave. Yes. <laughs> She's in love with me. And I don't care who knows it. Where is she? Lotsen. I'm here. Lotsen. Lotsen, Lotsen 11, Lotsen 12. Shangri-La. We have tried to go. We tried to leave tonight. You know, you understand the risk. I love him. If he is not with me, I would die here. Conway, you see, don't you? Well, it's kind of dark. You could manage that tricky bit with the rope if I were with you. 
You mean you'll come? Yes. Lord Sam, did you hear? He's coming. He's coming with us. He's on fiddle. We made the descent that morning. Mallinson, the girl, and I. For weeks, we traveled toward the east. And then our porters began to desert. First Wagner. One by one. Then, then Mansfield. Until there were just the three of us. Creeping like snails across a desert wilderness. Creep. Then, for a long while, we were only two. Mallinson had died. Uh-oh. Go on. There must be more, Conway. What's the rest of the story? And I now you know. know. Perhaps you can help me, Rutherford. I. You found me in the hospital at Chungking. A woman had come with me. Yes. Did you ask? Did they tell you? Was she a young woman? No. They said she was old. The oldest woman they had ever seen. Looked like Phyllis Miller. Down. Sure. Conway, are you in there? The boat stopped, Conway. Conway, answer me. I beg your pardon, sir. Are you Mr. Rutherford? Yes. Mr. Conway asked me to deliver this note to you. Well, where is he? We arrived quite early, sir. He hmm. went ashore in the tent. My dear Rutherford, when this letter reaches you, I will be gone. And don't come looking for me. I hate you. When this letter reaches you, I will be gone. Thank you for everything you have done for me. I can never repay you. Tomorrow, that's I why I sneaked away. Somewhere beyond Lassa, near the foothills Lassa. of the Himalayas, I seem to picture in my mind a long plateau running north. It seems to me that from the end of this plateau, I can see a mountain oh, far no away, mountain. rising white against the sky. I hope to find it again, for this, I think, is Caracal, and beyond is Shangri-La, and the Valley of the Blue Moon. Excellent karaoke there. Karaoke night there. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Excellent karaoke night there. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for taking a tip for bartenders and waitresses. What a crowd. What a crowd. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you. Hollywood. Well, we finished that transfer and Steve Dallas never showed back up. Yeah, really makes me wonder. Hmm, maybe he did show back up. Hey, come on in. Hey, you two. What's this I hear about you guys quitting? Oh, hey, Mr. Brumbles, what are you talking about? We're not quitting. Well, some weirdo was asking around about you two. Told me I wouldn't be seeing you guys anymore because you quit. Creepy kind of fella. Smelled amazing, though. Anyway, I told him you were down here in Studio 6, but he wouldn't hear of it. Said you guys left and weren't coming back. Wanted to know where you lived, what kind of car you drove, all that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't tell him anything. He gave me the heebie-jeebie-beejees. Thank you for that, Mr. Brummels. Uh, look, we don't have a clue who that clown was, but I'm glad you didn't tell him anything. Because I, for one, don't like the idea of people like that following me around. Yeah, probably some jokester off the street that wanted to come in and cause trouble. People are weird. Well, he was weird, all right. And if I see him around here again, I'm calling the cops. But first, I gotta ask him what brand of aftershave he uses. That stuff was the bee's knees. And if we were going to quit, you'd be the first to know, Mr. Brummels. Don't worry about that at all. Good. 
I don't have time to be hiring people right now, and you two goofballs do a pretty good job. Now, tidy up in here before you leave. Getting dusty. That settles it. The Steve Dallas character is up to no good. Yeah, I agree. Sounds like he's convinced we're not coming back here, so for the time being, this may just be the safest place. Well, we can't sleep here, but we can hang out until dark. Brumbles was right. It is getting a bit dusty. Glad we covered the time machine and made it look like a desk. No telling what Dallas would have done if he'd seen that. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to run up to the cafeteria and get some dinner. You want anything? Sure, I'll go too. I need to get out of here for a while. We can stop by the janitor's closet on our way back and grab a broom. Wisecracks Radio Hour is written and produced by Aaron Lindsay and Sean Rourke. Dr. Charlie is played by Aaron Lindsay. Dr. Wagner is played by Sean Rourke. Mr. Brumbles is played by Craig Underhill. And I'm your announcer, Lori Lindsay. Please connect with us on social media. Our Twitter handle and Facebook ID is Wisecracks Radio. Our website is wisecracksradio.com. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another exciting episode. Please review us wherever you find your podcasts. Darn it. Oh, no. It's going to take hours to charge. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. That sounds... (laughs) Oh, I feel like Brian Regan. Oh, no. It's going to take hours to charge. Okay. All right. Nobody's here for the phone charging. <laughs> <laughs> what you got to do, charge your phone? People are always charging their phones and things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Polo by Lauren. I'd recognize that scent anywhere. I bought it by the gallon in the 80s. <laughs> Ralph Lauren. Didn't that what I said? You said Lauren. Ralph oh, Lauren. Ralph oh, Lauren. Okay. <clears throat> Lauren who? <laughs> Lauren Beatty. <laughs> Warren's daughter. <clears throat> All right.